You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Scoped Out, Shooting Optics and Accessories. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty, this is episode number 76, and it's part two of our discussion on varmint shooting and the PRS. We'll get straight into it. I've got to say, I really like um, Jared's comp over in Victoria with the moving targets. Yes. Because yep. quite often, you know, as a varmint shooter, um, you do have follow-up shots. Well, sure. not quite often, but, you know, it happens. Your ability to follow up on a moving target um, can mean the difference between something getting away on a fail, on a miss, or, or whether you, you'll plug it. So quite often, hmm. um, I do shoot a lot of stuff on the move. Yeah. Um, and and you know if I do miss I'll clean them up on the run, yeah, um, yeah. And there's a bit of technique in that, and um, not many people practice it. So yeah, it's good to see that those mm. guys are are exposing a lot of shooters to those those techniques and getting them you know refined. Yeah, so. the movers were the movers were really good. Um, yeah, you did pretty well, didn't you? That was yeah. that was the one that I did all right on. I see, varmint shooter. <laughs> hey? That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, I've never shot moving targets on mm. on on targets before yeah. uh, shot plenty of game on the run and yeah. hit plenty of game on the run yeah. fortunately enough but the you know, I understand the concept of, of sort of time of flight and, yeah. and how far the, the game so you're aiming marks that. So basically that sort yeah. of you know can make it relatively easy for you yeah yeah just there just seems to be a a natural point where you can just you aim and, and you, yeah. you're going to nail it yeah there's a, there's a couple of techniques well there's the standard hold on your aiming mark Yep, whatever that may be for you, and you hold on it and you release like a normal shot. But quite often you you waver around that point slightly as you're trying to hold it on that position. Yep. Um, another method that's quite commonly used in like uh, board drives over in Europe is is you actually come in behind the target, you go up through the back leg, through through the body, and you release the shot as you pass through. It's a shotgun point. technique. Yeah, so, yeah, basically. Yeah, very yeah. much. You come up through the target, yeah. get past and it. And because you're doing a line, you get that nice smooth flow, whereas if you're holding your aim mark, you're sort of wavering a little bit. Like, Yeah, no, I... Yeah, it just probably yeah. depends a little bit on the range. Totally. But that, that's a common technique. That so I, I would... I would uh, oh, now I'm trying to think of which way I went. No, yeah. I went about it. Yeah. I, I'm trying to work out whether or not I, I stayed held, on the target held on held and held front of it and, and kept moving yep. or whether I, I waited for it to reach a point and yeah, then pull and the trigger. Quite often a lot of guys, they'll, they'll, they'll sort of do that flow through but, but not from very far back. Yep. Yeah, they'll like get yeah, on no, centre and then just go to their yep. their aiming mark, uh, which, you know, that works. But clays, yeah. back when I shot a lot more clays than I do now, it yeah. certainly went all the way through it, Yeah, come through it yeah. and pull the trigger depending on how far yeah. in front of it you need to yeah. get. So I find that works for me on the moving targets is just mm. flowing a centre line through them yeah should be good to get a couple of the, the guys who do that discipline a bit more often and uh, see what yeah. they do for moving side of things yeah yeah just see be, how they they tackle it the guys that do mm, it often yeah yeah be worthwhile yep. worthwhile chatting to them because it's not something we see so much in prs yet yep um and the, the reason we don't see it so commonly in australia it's in a few places in the u.s but is because of the target system you mm. need a, a target mm. system that will handle a few thousand hits, and mm. I know a lot of guys have gone, oh, what about if you do something on a cable and you run the target along? Uh, the problem is if that cable gets shot... The whole stage right, is gone. The, mm. the stage is gone, and you, you might be able to fix it, right? But for however long it takes you to fix that, mm. um, 
the the shooting has ceased yeah. for everyone, most mm. likely, depending on the range. But you know, if you you're up in Mildura, had we have a moving target, and let's say it got broken mm. four or five times over the course of the 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 day, yeah. Um, then you know, let's say it took half an hour to fix every time. Yeah, that's two and a half hours of, of downtime. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the biggest challenge with a moving target for a PRS match mm. is a target that will, uh, that if something goes wrong, it needs to be a real quick fix or the, mm. the chances of something going wrong is very mm. minimal. Minimal. Um, yeah. So we've, we've looked at lots of designs and ideas and certainly uh, yeah, keen, keen to see more. I think we've found an, an option, but it's a, a lot more of a permanent sort of fixture. Yeah. Yep. So... Um, yeah, but obviously real practical because foxes move, goats move. These, yeah, these yeah. animals do move. Yeah, and, um, and a lot of them rarely stop. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, foxes are a lot like that. They, they do stop, but rarely. They're usually on the move. Some of them will go right through your entire left to right without stopping. Yep. And you just don't get the shot. Particularly if they're all. crossing wind, like if they're, if they're trying to get to the other side. Yeah. They just sort yeah. of suss you out. Well, quite often they'll be on a, like if there's a carcass around or something, they'll be on a beeline mm-hmm. for their first feed of the night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they will not stop, you know, and they just, mm. it's like, don't stop, and you're like yelling at them, and you're like, <laughs> oi, oi, oi. <laughs> no, wait, so normally they stop straight away when you're Yeah. There. But yeah, that's just, you know, one of, one mm. of the things. No, yeah. good. Hmm, very good. So uh, I mentioned before... Um, that I had a question about something you were talking about before, and you, when you mentioned uh, Dan put you on eighty-seven grain Vmaxes, yep, which I have some here for you, by the way. Yeah, if you good. Do want some. Good. I'm getting a bit low. Uh, here we go. So uh, this is from Tom. Um, he's six months into his longer range varmiting. Uh Rabbits, foxes, cats. Good to hear. Good man. Cats. Uh, 850 is where he feels comfortable at the moment, and would like to push this to 650. Cool. Well, perhaps some of tonight's so conversations. So, what was the first? He's, where is he comfortable? 450. 450. Did I say 850? Yeah, it sounded like I said 850. 850. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. He just wants to bring it down a little closer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 450 is where I feel comfortable at the moment, and we'd like to push push this to 650. My question is, what do you gentlemen... <laughs> doesn't know us very well. What do you gentlemen look for in a vomiting hunting bullet for this purpose? How do you select the bullet? And he does does give some details of his rifle. Um, he's running. He's got a Seiko eighty five varmint. Okay, so he's got a nice uh, gun. Two four three twin twist barrel. Uh, running an eighty grain Spitzer, and from Nosler, uh, in lap cases. Uh, it's a slower load, but very accurate and easy to shoot. Uh, gives me a good shot placement, quick sight recovery. Very cool. All right, but he's wanting to go further, but perhaps is concerned so about his project. Oh, uh, perhaps he may he wants to get us something that's perhaps more consistent, a little bit more accurate, something like that. So it doesn't say what he thinks his no, current limiting yeah. factor is. It doesn't say that uh, in there. Yeah. But obviously, one of the things he's asking about is about it's what sort of how how I come to yeah use yeah how do you come to good. look for an environment hunting. Bullet for this purpose. Okay. And so, how we select bullet. So for me, uh, straight off the bat, I want something, because it's for vomiting, I want something that's going to transfer energy. So I want something that's going to ac- actually do some pretty considerable damage um, uh, on hit uh, uh, for a clean kill. So pretty much that puts, this This is just how I think, by the way. Yep. You're, uh, you know, quite welcome to think in other ways. But um, 
I, I want something that's going to kill on, on contact. Um, and usually, you know, ballistic tips fit that that bill pretty much perfectly. Sure. Um, now, for me, I, I, I know I with, with Dan, he was using 87 VMAX and doing some pretty good things right out to sort of 750, yeah. 800 with with those and he wasn't he wasn't pushing them b- ballistic you know like he was you know around the 3100 3200 i think he got them a lot quicker than that at one point he has now yeah 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 i think they're <laughs> like they've, they've got their own like ball of fire <laughs> as they go through the air i think yeah <laughs> pretty that, much all the bloody water vaporizes through yeah, anyway um uh yeah so you know i saw what he was doing so you know the proof is in the in the you know in 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 the range data if you like mm-hmm. and um i basically followed um now the the 87 i like the weight um yep. the the dr- the initial drops aren't far off at 223 with a with a uh, 53 grainer so the drops were very similar um to a lighter round um I, i'm throwing them at 3200 um yeah, and basically what I did then was test them. So just to see where my nodes were, wh- sure. what the quality of my nodes were like. And I, I got really good nodes. Uh, and I got one up the, the higher end. Um, and and that locked it in for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I had the accuracy. I had the speed um, without going berserk. And, yep. um, you know, and I had the terminal performance. So, you know, when I hit something now, it, it it's uh, <laughs> definitely... <laughs> not getting up no. or, or taking a, a breath after that, but um, so it does everything I want it to do. Um, yeah, I guess it was that simple. I tested it. If I had tested it and it and I hadn't got a decent node out of it, or sure, you know, I only got a lower node or something like that, I, I, I probably would have gone on to something else. What, what would you have gone on to then? If probably if similar, I, I like a little bit of speed, you know. Yep. Um, so I probably would have gone around the similar weight. Um, Again, I, I'm I'm more targeting foxes here. Sure, um, I I have shot goats out past 700 meters with it, but um, that was not the intent. Um, it's mainly for foxes, and it is quite a you know that projectile sort out any sort of varmint. But, yeah, truly. Um, really. Yeah, so so basically, it it all just worked first time. So you know, okay. I would have reset if that hadn't have uh, tested well. Um, yeah, I would have reset, gone a different projectile, and 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 started again with the testing. Yeah, but what, I guess what I'm asking, Greg, is is so you've taken that projectile on recommendation from someone who's who it's worked for, and you've seen it in action. Yeah. I've so if if that didn't work for you in, mm. in terms of your gun, obviously the projectile was sound, but mm. um, what what would, what would you go to? And what what, what steps I would have done? Yeah, yeah, I, I probably would have started researching the net. Yeah, okay. Um, yep. You know, in absence of talking to someone, obviously, in person, that's obviously better, or or seeing proof on the range. But, you know, initially, you know, you go on, you go, all right, let's say I've got a Tika varmint, or let's say I've got a BSA varmint. Um, yep. I would look at who people have had good success um, around that weight range and just see what brand that keeps coming up. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's sort of run the statistics of what's working for people. I think that's a that's a point, and that's probably one that I've I've gone down uh, in in many of my bullet bullet selections for hunting yeah. guns, where I've I've spoken to people and mm. and seen ideally seen results. Yeah, but range and data always trumps <coughs> internet in in my sure. 
um, my head. But but then then there were situations where you know where I didn't have access to that information. What you're talking about. So I mean, my my fifty grainers for my twenty two to fifty. A mate was using the same projectiles in his 2D3, actually Dutchie, mm. and I was very impressed with what they're doing to the game. And yeah. I went, yeah. all right, I'm going to give them a go. And again, I, I went out there and they, they worked perfectly. Yeah. And uh, I went, yeah, all right, I will, I will run them from now on. Yeah. <laughs> um, despite, you know, 50 often being regarded as slightly lighter in a 250, but mm. uh, can't argue with what it's done. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the uh, my 338 was probably one that I... I researched uh, between the company that put them out mm. and then people's experiences and mm. then going and shooting them, uh, obviously for, for accuracy side of things, but um, probably a little bit about how they, I don't know if it's totally relevant. but Terminal you, performance. Yeah, you can, yeah. there's some aspects I guess you can draw on how they hit steel that can still be useful to know. Um, you know, the pattern they leave on the plate, uh, how the shrapnel yeah. you find from below. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to take that as word, but it, it can help uh, make it make a decision. So the 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 three three out, I, I certainly researched uh, a lot, and then was very happy. I mean, you were on that trip; you're very happy with the performance of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and, and don't don't read too much into what it does on steel, but it can give you. Can give you a guide. Yeah, I've found, um, and that yeah, that certainly has helped. Um, yeah, because if it didn't perform in some ways, then I just I would ditch it at yeah. that point. Yeah, because yeah. I know when um, when I did my two two three, when I was building up a a load for that, I I went out and same thing saw the. The, you know, the terminal performance of a VMAX was, you know, it's it's oh, mind-boggling compared yeah. to, you know, when I was young, there there wasn't really ballistic tips around, I'm pretty sure. And Still muzzle loaders back then, oh, Yeah, pretty much. And, um, you know, you just didn't have that sort of damage, that sort of energy transfer. It was, you know, it's incredible. But anyway, 223, I started with 50 grainers. Yep. They this is a teak of varmint. They were good, but not great. Mm-hmm. And I did 55s because that's what everyone else was using as well. Yep. They were good, but not great. And then I thought, these 53s have got this that's right. very unusually high BC. So that, yeah. that's one little thing to look at. If you're in the, the 22 cal, the 53 grain VMAX, it's, it's BC is sort of up with the 60 grainers. Yeah, it's, it's a longer projectile. It's a different, yeah. different shape. Yeah, different mm. shape. So it drags right down. And um, yeah, I ran the fifty threes with a test, and they they group really tight. So the Tika loved them. So bang, yep. locked it in, and I shot those for that that you know for years, and mm. um, they, they they work really well. Yeah. Have you had any? Oh, I, I guess you just talked about it then, but because I've never really had a, um, I've never made a projectile choice that has ended up not really working as planned. I mean, I've, I've been yeah. fortunate where I've. I've had the luxury of having, like the the projectiles I've chosen from a from a hunting perspective. Yeah, uh, I've seen in action. Yeah, prior to using them. Yeah, yeah. Um, different story on the target side yeah. of things. Um, but but There's, obviously different points. There was probably one. Um, I did use Amax. Yeah. Uh, three hundred eight Amax. One sixty eight. Yeah, one sixty eight for quite a while. And that shot very, you know, it shot pretty good. Out of that rifle, um, yeah. but terminal performance was hit and miss. See, it's funny because that's one of the ones that that worked extremely well for me. Yeah, uh, on terminal performance, 
And yeah. well, I, I won't. Everything I shot died, right? And and pretty humanely. But what yep. you'd get is um, you would get inconsistent, inconsistent expansion, if you like. So yes, sometimes yep. it would keyhole. Sometimes it would blow half a, you know, basketball out the other side. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really know what you're going to get. I think it really depended on whether you hit bone and sinew or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those sorts of things, and that's why you pay for a good hunting round, is so that you get that constant, consistent expansion, um, no matter where you, you, your bullet strike goes. You know, yeah. if you, you hit that's- soft, you still want it to be able to to expand so that's a fair call on the mm. on the 168s because that was my experience as well now yeah exactly what you you said everything that i that you shot died um quickly um yeah it was still it a was really in, good bleed out canal yeah like, like like a solid would do to a deer sort of thing yeah um and they go straight down and it's game over yeah yeah you just don't get that nice well what you're looking for is so much energy going in that it's just jelly and we're, and we're talking mm. about varmint Vomiting there, you know, specifically yeah. as opposed to deer where you don't yeah. want that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got to be yeah. careful not to cross the lines there. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, the, the topic of the the, um, the show is, is vomiting. So, yeah. yep. uh, given given vomiting and then the, the lead into long range, it's, uh, yeah, designated. You just want the thing dead yep. and as quickly as, as sharply as possible. Yeah, as you can. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we, I know with the 250, we certainly looked for not exiting. Yeah, uh, was ideal. Perfect. Put it in; it'd go mush. Yep. Uh, be completely gone. Yep. Uh, but there wasn't anything that come out. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's what you're looking for: 100 percent energy transfer. Obviously, you know that might happen at a certain distance, close sure, close in. It might blast through, of course. Yep. But um, you know, that's you got to make some decisions there as well. Um, mm. But yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't know if we've actually answered Tom's question. <laughs> what was his question um, again? Oh, how do you choose? Oh, we did. You know, yeah, like, we sort of did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anything that you would recommend him? I mean, you're going to recommend him those 85 oh, VMAX, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Because well, 87 VMAX. 87, 87 VMAX. Yeah. Well, I, I just read his 85 Seiko. That's where the 85 Yeah, I've been, you know, I've used VMAX for foxing um, on 223 and, and 243, and they've They've worked exceptional. Yeah. Um, I've used the 87 grainers on, on goats. Uh, again, exceptional. And mm-hmm. that was out to just shy of 800. Yep. I wouldn't recommend that. That was just a, just happened to be a good placement shot. Um, if you're a bit straight. It's a comfortable might, shot, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just managed to, you know, strike perfectly in the engine room. But, um, yeah, definitely a very capable bullet. Um, mm. and, it, and it makes those longer shots feel a little, uh, quite a bit easier. So um, six fifty, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna certainly do the job. And, and yeah, I haven't got a two four three. I've never run a six mil, but I've I've seen that eighty seven grain uh, Vmax work on so many occasions in so many different rifles. Yeah. Yours and included, Dan's included, but, yeah. but a whole stack more. And then obviously feedback from customers who have used it, and they they work well. So yeah, and I'd be awfully surprised if mm. they didn't. You didn't get a decent node in his. I, I have had a, a couple of guys who it's just not worked for from yeah. a okay. from a um it just hasn't shot well. Yeah. Uh, so bit yeah. No, yeah. So no bit. You just got to do the testing, don't you? Gun hates it. Away yeah. we go. Move on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Move on, and they've often gone across to like a um, nozzle ballistic tip. Yeah. Okay. And again, I've heard good things. Yep. 80, 90, 95. Um, but somewhere in that in that realm. Yep. yep. So. Uh, yeah, that's probably the ones we'd we'd look at. Um, no doubt, there's plenty around, but that's yeah. that's 
generally where I'd stay. If I was buying a six mil tomorrow for that purpose, uh, 87 grain VMAX is where I'd go. And uh, seeing Bronte uh, smash through stages with it, and, and there's uh, plenty of other guys yeah, use it right. for competition. Um, what did he get equal <laughs> second? Equal first. He got first. Equal first. Equal first. first. On yeah. the first comp, yeah, he got yeah. it on 87 grain VMAX. Yeah, That's it. Four, three, yeah. So, yeah. Showed butters up. Yeah. That was a, what, 300 win mag? Yeah. Against yeah. the 300 win mag, so. <laughs> you had to get that butters uh, stab in there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to butters. Uh, we love <laughs> you, mate. Yep. You've gone quiet, Greg. <laughs> That's because I'm drinking. <laughs> That's a good reason. His butter's driven you to drink, has he? <laughs> Constantly. Good. What do we got left? <sighs> don't, know. don't know. Not much drink left. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the other aspect of um, the to mention about vomiting and long range and PRS and all this sort of gear is equipment. Because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a really broad sweeping statement, and then we can analyse whether it's true or not. But I reckon that. Um, a lot of stuff got, makes its way across from vomiting to PRS, right, and does an okay enough job. But I think in many instances you could use a full PRG, P, PRG, PRS. PRG. Is that a new comp? <laughs> it is. Yeah, right on. Look out for it, 2019, mate. Put my name mate. down for that one, Yeah, no, PRS is old school. PRG is the uh, new. <laughs> PR Greg. <laughs> This is, uh, this is when Greg buys out PRS nationally or internationally and it becomes PR Greg. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be a great comp. It's just going to be like, you know, win, come first, win 100 grand. <laughs> whatever, whatever Greg's got in his wallet, basically. That check might bounce. <laughs> <laughs> on credit, mate. It'll take Visa. <laughs> um, Back on top. How do we get uh, coming across the, the, the guns you use uh, for vomiting? Can often work reasonably well across coming across to PRS, but I think that they're going from PRS back. Those guns work sensationally well mm. for vomiting. Um, you know, I'll just jump in there. Yeah, I'll, go. I was watching a video you just released through Impact Dynamics recently. Um, right, showing that was it the pillow bag thing? Oh, you watched where, that? Where Dan's having a little snooze? <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't have to set that up. Dan was just sitting there sleeping. Yeah, and I haven't done a lot of PRS-style shooting myself, like mm. personally. And I'm, I'm looking at that bag, going, "Hmm, you know, would that be? Would that help me with my varmint shooting? Uh, you know, just and and I started to think about what you're talking about now. Is what can I bring across the other way that would help me? And I have brought one thing across. Oh, well, you look out! I've yeah. obviously gone to a chassis recently. Yes. You also, have. I've got that little set bag. Yep. Um, what's what's the name of this thing? The sap bag. Oh, is it just yeah, sap bag? Yes, a lightweight one or a running yeah. gun bag. And I usually just Short have that. Short action precision. Yeah. yeah, and just have that in and my stock hanging off my... Hanging off with a, with a flush off. cup or yeah, something like Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, not on this one, but I'm trying to sort that out. Sure. But yeah, and and then that way you've got that on the run. And yeah. um, so I'm starting to get a few things across, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's... Mm. I'll let you talk Well, go on, go on the other way. No, we we'll, we'll definitely yeah. we're going to come to that because going the other way, I think that uh, a lot of us started PRSing, if that's a word, mm. uh, doing this sort of, you know, practice for, for vomiting, uh, using whatever it is that we we had. Um, mm. 
And so you'd end up with a lot of guys run mags for vomiting because if you need to take a few shots and then change mm. mag because, you know, you've got a whole stack of rabbits or, or you, you, mm. you're culling roos or you're, um, you're shooting a stack of goats. Um, I don't know if goats count as vomiting. But anyway, with the type mm. of hunting we're doing, maybe a broader term. And so um, the guns sort of often were set up reasonably well. And so we'd start using that for this type of, you know, shooting mm. steel and mm. running stages and ideas and concepts. And, and then uh, you, you sort of get a bit more specific. Um, so mags were real common. Although I often did run a floor plate more than I ran a mag for for spotlighting. Myself. Yeah, um, and and I know I, I shot with you know Dan for example would run a mag uh, yeah. more commonly. Um, yeah, yeah I, personal I'd, preference. I know your mags. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. both at the moment. Okay. Yeah, so I, I have yeah, a one. magged floor plate. No, <laughs> not on not on the same <laughs> no, rifle, okay. Sam. <laughs> Just checking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I. There's one of if you're doing a lot of shooting out of your cabin or your car, yep. a mag can be a little bit yep. of a pain in the butt, unless mm-hmm. you've got one of those, what are those, strong arm rests? You know, the one that's sort of outside of the car. Oh, yeah, big iron one. Big that's iron rest, yep. where you can actually lean out of the car a bit. And it depends on your mag as well. Yeah, for sure. But, and absolutely depends on your mag. Um, but yeah, so, so they both have a little bit of a yep. advantage, and, and that flat one's quite good if going off the door frame, but yeah. I do enjoy a mag as well, you know. <laughs> glad right. you enjoy a mag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're but still talking about shooting, are we? Oh, are we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, good. Yeah, Just no, check. No. Um, and, and other things like binos, you know, the, the, the binos, oh, like yeah. often 10 powers are real common binos to be running, Yeah, not spotlighting per se, but out out doing the same thing well, during the day. Well, funny, funny you say that. We, um, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, no, I was out with Simo and, and what he was doing was when I was finding something under spotlight, yep. like right out at distance, he was actually grabbing my binos off the dash and confirming the target through the binos. Yeah, and we actually right, found nice. it really efficient. Okay. You know, rather than like, because yep. you're facing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just went straight through the windscreen. So it actually, mm-hmm. identification of target was, was quick. Was bang on. Yeah. Yep. Then we knew whether to swing the car or whatever. But um, Cool. Yeah, binos work. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Okay, I take yeah. back everything. I, well, not everything I said, just the bits about the binos being during the day. But the, mm. the binos sort of, you know, that, that comes across as well. And there's a, a stack of things. I mean, I don't know if you've ever, um, oh, this is perhaps getting in, but probably the first things I saw that looked anywhere near like a game changer bag mm. were, were based around, um, actually, the, the Max Box. Oh yeah, that was the box. yeah yeah I've got one and that yeah. sort of sat. That was the no, beginning. It was the second one. It was the second Max box. I don't remember what it was called, but it would sit over the um the car. Yeah, I've got one of those door. Yeah. yeah, and the door pro. I reckon it was called. Yeah, and um, I assume they're still around. And you'd you'd have this sort of thing that would sit either side and give you yeah. really good balance. And yeah. and I remember sort of thinking about that, and going oh yeah, and then I saw the the game changer bag come out and go. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah, I mean, very different, but but achieved a similar purpose. And so, yeah. um, and and no doubt, plenty of guys have shot with game changers off the side of Utes now, yeah. or over the top, or something on those lines. And and yeah, you know, what you're talking about is is bringing stuff that's been developed in the PRS world back yeah. over to the spotlighting world to make yeah. it make uh, your effective range out of your mm. window a bit further. For for some reason, mm. back when it was uh, spotlighting only. 
I would never have thought to uh, to put a uh, attach a rear bag to the back of the, the gun. I just yeah, you know, just yeah. Well, it's only been never. fairly recent for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then and then you go into the PRS world and you go, oh, you better better attach your bag because when you run to the next thing, you 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 need it with you. you go, oh yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. no, that's good. That's good. Hang on a sec. I should have done that ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is a really good idea. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so you don't lose it off the back of the Ute or whatever. You know, have to have a hand on it. Or yeah, yeah. So just just things like that. I've seen that that correlation back and forth. And you talked about the pump pillow. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how that'll fit, but it just dawned on me when I watched that video. Mm. You know, like what other elements can come across that would really work that wouldn't be you know you've got to get in and out of cars and all that sort of stuff that, that would just work for those mm. transitions have you, you seen you, do you run a two two round holder inside of your gun no i don't you but don't? I, I think that's a great idea mm, no, i've certainly got them on my hunting yeah. rigs even even walk around hunting rigs yeah yeah and again they've been sort of a prs mm. sort of adaptation I think, I think it's a good idea i don't know how often i would use it um because normally a fox engagement you, You'd be lucky to go over four rounds. Sure. You know, you know but there are times, there yeah. are exceptions to every rule, yeah. as we know. Absolutely. Um, and occasionally you will, but yeah, I, I still think it's a great idea that mm. should come across, yeah. And and so I think, yeah, I, I think, I mean, so the, the last time I went out spotlighting, um, I used my, my 260, my, my PRSE type gun. Um, and I tell you what, it was in no way hindrance. Um, no, yeah, you know, I just wound that scope right back. Still yep. got illumination on the scope. Turn that on. Yep. And um, where you go? Well, I mean, you've you've shot with Dan. Mm. If you shoot with Dan, spotlighting, mm. you better be bloody quick. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to be shooting anything all night. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> we did go into a, a, a rabbit-rich uh, environment, <laughs> and we had a game out the left side of the car that, uh, who, you know, basically who shoots it first. Yep. And I didn't get a single rabbit. <laughs> it's just too quick. Just as I was it squeezing it, 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 it would explode in my view. So, yeah, yep. it was just too quick for me. Yep. And and so I remember a, a trip up uh, up in New South Wales where we shot about 60 foxes. And yep. uh, it was the biggest trip I've ever done on foxes. And we were both running 22 to 50s. And I tell you what, that night I got a lot quicker on, on running the gun. <laughs> uh, because, you know, again... If uh, we'd both be standing at the back of the gun, spot uh, the back of the ute, spotlight would be up, sort of over the bonnet, and then as soon as he saw something, he'd sort of drop back a little bit. We'd both run up to the the roof of the car, uh, and drop the guns down, and we were basically first on. Mm. Now, I, remember, you know, I remember losing the first few to him. Yeah, I went, yeah. right, I better, I better be. I'm going to be on this. Yeah. So I, I made a few little tricks, and and I started to keep up with him. Yeah. And we just went bang, bang. You know, just just shot for shot for the night. It was yeah. really good. No, Until I ran good. out of ammo, actually. Gee, that's uh, a rare and uh, quite a great yeah thing to happen. Well, really, he, he lent me some of I, his. Means I, you've I, had one <laughs> hell of a night. <laughs> yeah, or I may have forgotten some ammo. Um, Oops. <laughs> one or two. Anyway. Um, but it's good, but, but you know, ever since then, and, and having shot with Dan, you know, several mm. times since you, you, you run quick, you run yeah. real quick, and yeah. so uh, I remember going out on this particular time with with my two sixty, and just because that you know that gun is so well set up for that type of shooting, and it's mm. really quick mm. to get in place. I remember uh, uh, those who know Aaron, he was driving, and another mate of his was uh, was sort of in the the front seat, and they'd pull up on something, go there it is, and bang, yeah. away we go racing like I was shooting Dan yeah. <laughs> shooting Dan shooting with Dan sorry Dan Jeez. shooting with Dan a few jokes there 
um, and uh, we, I got through about sort of seven or eight foxes and kind of went, oh, hang on, that other bloke's got a gun with him. <laughs> I've, I've jumped out the car and gone, mate, I'm really sorry. I've just I've been running an autopilot, which is shoot as quick as possible. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you got no chance of the night, and usually yeah. it's 50-50 anyway. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so you kill hog. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I apologise for that. Yep. And then kept it up for the rest of the night because it was so ingrained. Um, yeah, I think we knocked off 10, 10 foxes and a cat. Oh, that's uh, a decent, yeah, that's a that's decent a good night. Damn um, straight. But poor, poor Jai, don't, don't even know if he got a shot off. Has he spoken to you since? Yeah, no, I've, I've got some beer to buy, I think. Yeah. No, fair point. Fair point. No, but you, you can get... Um, uh, you can get so ingrained in, in that sort of stuff. That, yeah, yeah. And I guess that comes from, you know, training for PRS stuff yeah. and training for that type of mm. shooting and being mm. being quick to engage, quick See to make drills, decisions. drills, you know, and yeah, it's like any drill. You do it enough, it just happens automatically, yeah. you know, and that's the whole idea of a drill. And especially at two in the morning when you're tired, it should just happen anyway. And and it's, I think that happens a lot. You just Absolutely. bang, 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 you know. You And both types of drills are designed to put holes in things. Yeah. Funny that. Yeah. Mm. Black and Decker, <laughs> clown. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I did that one for Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> right, good. I shouldn't. I, I thought <laughs> two drinks, not four. <laughs> That's usually the problem. Mm. All right, so as a bad jokes aside, um, speaking of drills, you actually bring up a really good point. And I don't know how many guys practice their their spotlighting, but it's 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 worthwhile doing. Like, um, you know, if you if you want to get better at your spotlighting, and whether you're interested in PRS stuff or not, I've seen guys significantly improve their their rate of engagement and rate of you know sh- hitting stuff mm. by practicing. When they're on the the range, not mm. the range range, but in terms of just you know working on sighting in or working on whatever it is, by rather than just sort of setting up a mat or setting up a bench, they actually just shoot from the back of the ute or shoot from the driver's seat or passenger seat. Mm. They're typical spotlighting positions. What yeah. they're actually going to find themselves engaging in, mm. and and I've seen guys who you know can't shoot out of one side of the ute. Go yep. right well. I'm I'm going to get better at that. Yeah, work on and it. Yeah. So they park the car up, they put a target out, and then they work on sh- working yeah. out how to do that. Yep. And you know we we see a lot. Actually, great story about Bronte we mentioned before. Yeah. Yep. Um, in that first uh, first comp we ever did, um, there was a stage where you had to shoot from the right shoulder and the left shoulder, right shoulder, left shoulder, and. So many people struggled with it because they'd never done it before. They never yeah. thought about it. Yeah. And and Bronte smashed it. Uh, he did really well on that stage. And he said that one of the reasons he did that is because he's so used to shooting out of either side of the ute yep. that he learned to shoot, taught himself to shoot on his off shoulder, the one that's not common. Yeah. And that's why he did so well because he'd, he'd shot so many times hunting and probably practiced that mm. side for that reason, not... Um, not because of some stupid match director is going to put it in a comp, and now yeah, that's yeah. it's commonplace in the comp. And yeah. again, I think that would make you. Well, I can attest to that. Uh, you know, those things appearing in comps and being something we're conscious of and practicing. Uh, I've been in positions where it's far quicker to get in a position off my off shoulder 
mm. on on a fox than it was on my own shoulder, mm. and and just went, I can do it. Pull yeah. it up, where we go, bang, fox is dead. All right, move on. Um, and it's not been a oh, this is really weird and uncomfortable, and I can't do it very well. Mm. Uh, it's been you know drilled into me straight and, in, mm. yeah, str- lock it in. Yep. And so if, if guys are not uh, not interested in PRS, or if you are, definitely practice it. Mm. But but there's there's you, rather than shooting off a bench, shoot out the out the ute, shoot over mm. the ute, shoot the position over the bonnet, all that sort of gear, um, because you you will you will encounter that. Yeah, and I think you know if you get a raw PRS shooter that's you know been doing it a while and pretty competent, you know they've got to be getting good at looking at the height of you know like looking at their challenge, which oh, is to point. set up a position. Let's say it's mm. the bonnet. Let's say it's on the roadside. Let's say it's on a fence post. And to be able to assess that on the best position to take to get the most stability. Sure. And, and that's got to come out of PRS, surely. Like, in terms of going, well, you know, you know how we yeah. talk about the ladder ladder practice, you know, where you go in each run of the ladder and do that with 11 second. Oh, yeah, the 11 second drill. The yeah. 11 second drill. You know, that's got to help. Whatever position you're going to choose, yeah. You know, obviously the bonnet's repeatable, that's quite easy. Yeah. You know, the, the out the door's repeatable, that's quite easy. But when it's a fence post or, you know, you get it caught in these different situations, I think a PRS person would, would quite well adjust to yeah, the varmint inside. And, and a well-experienced varmint will, will, will go the other go way. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and even to the point you say bonnet's repeatable, but you in a in a varminting situation and in PRS, you never you, you it's don't never quite as comfortable as you want it to be. <laughs> Between that, it's not a perfect ninety degrees to the car. No, <laughs> and the angle as well. Yeah. So shooting slightly downhill, uphill, that sort yeah. of gear, um, being out of you know, again, when you're shooting a fox, you're under pressure. So as you're getting out of the car, if you're conscious of it, if you're aware of it, you're setting your bipod up going, yeah. I reckon it's going to be this. You're changing your bipod accordingly. So yeah. when you put that gun down on the bonnet, yep. it's hopefully pointing the right direction. And that yeah. that translates, you know, you know what I'm going with, one way or the other. So if you can do that really well vomiting, yeah. that'll help immensely with yeah. PRS because I've seen so many guys like get down behind their bipod and go, oh, hang on, I've got to bring it up or, or drop it down. Yeah. And then vice versa, if you're aware that that's something you have to do when you're vomiting, you'll be conscious of it as well. And uh, I know too, time pressure. Um, yeah. You know, there's all there's nearly always, almost without exception, it's pretty rare to not have a time pressure scenario shooting foxes. Foxes, and, yeah, 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 definitely. It's like, you know, they're either sweeping from one direction to the other. They're either on their way in or on their way, like they'll only come into a certain point and then they're on their way out, you know. And, like. and that's, yeah, it's saying what we were saying before with, yeah. with you know, patience is a virtue and that's that's right. It's not yeah. contradicting what we're saying now in terms yeah. of when you have the opportunity to make that shot, yeah. you've or only got a short time. <laughs> there's some scenarios where you know you're running out of time, you've got a particular bracket yeah, of true. time, true. like like for when they're going, say, uh, from one one direction to the other and you're running out of bonnet or you're running out of um, <laughs> sight line yep, or they're yep. about to hit your downwind or um, tree like they're about to hit the scrub yeah so yeah, you know you, you know you've got you know about three or four seconds to make the shot <laughs> yeah so yeah and you want to make it a sensible shot yep so yeah no it's yeah. it's it's good it's real interesting to see that um and so I guess one thing to clarify for some of our listeners, because we do have a lot of overseas listeners, is um, and perhaps we should have done this at the top of the show, but anyway, mm. um, 
we spotlight in Australia. Uh, and it's all legal and it's not, you know, in terms of permission and all that sort of gear. But yeah, we can run in a spotlight to shoot these these game. Mm. And I know plenty of parts of the world you're not allowed to shoot on a spotlight. And and some may, you know, may suggest, well, that doesn't really, it's not really sporting. We're not there to be super sporting in this aspect. We're literally mm. there to do a job is, is these the particular animals we're talking about in terms of rabbits, foxes and cats. Uh, a big pest, big problem we have here, and we need to take out as many of them as we can. Mm, mm. And so that's where, uh, under spotlight, uh, as as using all these things like drones and, yeah. and bits and pieces, anything we can do to make this job easier and quicker and more efficient, yeah. uh, the, the better off we are. And that's why being good at it and being able to sort of pull pull these uh, in, these skills across from PRS is really useful. Yep, mm, absolutely. And and I've certainly seen guys who are. Uh, who shoot varmints very well go give some some uh, steel shooters who do this fairly often a run for their money. Uh, one thing I do want to mention is that we have uh, some STS targets to give away. Thanks to STS for sponsoring your shows as well. And these are going to go out. But if you want the higher chance of winning, uh, our Patreon supporters are going to have a better chance of winning these things, actually. And that's because uh, they've obviously sort of delved into their pocket to try and uh, help this show uh, keep on running and pay its bills. So if you are liking what we're doing and it's it's enjoyable and all that sort of gear and you can spare a dollar a month or two dollars a month or whatever it may be, uh, jump on Patreon. There's links around and you can find us and, and subscribe in that regard. You get some extra bits and pieces and uh, a little bit added to the shows as well as a uh, higher chance in the comps. Uh, we'll explain how that's all going to work in a future episode, but um, we'll give you some time to, uh, to jump on board and support us. That would be amazing if you could. And there's yeah some other features you can read about it on there. That would be good. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for listening, Greg. Uh, thanks for coming in and chatting, varmint shooting and all that sort of stuff. No worries. Oh, I'm sure it's a big ask for you for the varmint side of it. It's a tough, it's tough, tough job, but, you know, <laughs> come through in the end. Someone's got to do it. Oh, I like your style. Yeah, brilliant. Very good, guys. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to meet a stack of you on the East Coast, and uh, no doubt we will catch up with you guys somewhere soon. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Scoped Out Shooting Optics and Accessories.